What's it all about? America, Jesus, freedom. Say it again. America, Jesus, freedom. And what does that mean? I don't know, but the people sure love it when I say it. How's my hair? Strong. Real strong. security has never been stronger because our troops and our veterans are this nation's backbone. Because farmers are this nation's backbone, schools is this nation's backbone. Audio installation specialists and window tenters are this nation's backbone. Because Filipino tilt-a-whirl operators are this nation's backbone. And I want to make you a promise today that if you send me back to Washington, D.C. for a fifth consecutive term, I will let them know it's about America, Jesus, and freedom. I watch the world folks to the dark side of the moon. After all, I knew it had to be something to do with you. I really don't mind what happens now and then, as long as you'll be. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, the campaign. Note: If you send me back to, for a fifth term, I'm going to tell him it's about America, Jesus, and freedom. Sounds like uh, Joe Biden. Uh, six terms in the Senate before he spent another eight years as vice president, accomplishing nothing, getting nothing done, standing for nothing. Uh, but figuring a way to uh, use his position to enhance his family's financial security. Now, that song was uh, Three Doors Down. Uh, The song was Kryptonite, because as everybody's heard, the president has coronavirus, and his wife has coronavirus, and uh, his uh, head uh, head of communications, his communications advisor, Hope Hicks, has coronavirus. Uh, RNC Chairman Ronna McDaniel has coronavirus, and Utah Senator Mike Lee, who we'll hear a clip from uh, this show, he has coronavirus. And uh, you know what? I uh, I posted on Facebook uh, earlier this morning. I put, "Hey, President has coronavirus, so it's not like it's kryptonite." You know what? Uh, I think uh, this will probably be a uh, a help to the president while the Democrats said, "See, we told you you're going to get it." And Trump's gonna Trump's gonna bounce back. He's gonna take hydroxychloroquine. He's gonna take zinc. He's gonna probably still do his job. He'll be in quarantine, and he'll probably still be doing rallies and stuff, and uh, still be getting his job done. And I suspect by the time the second debate, which we're gonna talk about the first debate, um, by the second debate, he's gonna come back and he's gonna be, hey, so what? That wasn't so bad. And uh, he's going to look like Superman out there. So I thought, uh, hey, I got to use a Superman song, Kryptonite song. So that was Three Doors Down. For those of you that were at the uh, inauguration or watch it, Three Doors Down played at uh, Trump's inauguration, uh, along with Glee Greenwood and uh, my favorite, Toby Keith. Um, you know, and a lot of bands, a lot of uh, musicians wouldn't support it because they, you know, they're they're concerned with Hollywood and, and uh, not standing up for right or wrong and uh right or wrong or you know what's america they just don't want anyone to think they supported trump so anyway we're going to talk about the debate we're going to talk about uh the comey hearing we're going to talk about a lot of stuff in my opinion of it but first let me introduce myself for those of you that don't know me my name is ed hoffman with summit funding um if you're involved and you're if you're interested in getting involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. They are night toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk about uh, buying or refinancing or reverse mortgages, you want to find talk to someone who uh, who uh, thinks like you, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. 
click on the summit funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can fill it in and we'll do the computer thing and tell me how much information you want back. Tell me what you want. Tell me how much information you want me to have. And uh, you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, uh, Brian Goodman, Lance Keisha, and we will uh, help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And uh, if you uh, want to follow me on Twitter, follow me. Oh, also follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, sometimes more more than others. And uh, if you want to hear something repeated on the show, uh, repeated that you heard on the show or you want to share it or you missed it, you can always go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, and you'll hear this week's show as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast page podcast on soundcloud or itunes where you can subscribe for free and uh just go in there it'll automatically download to your your computer or your iphone or your ipad or your iwatch or your mini pad or your maxi pad and you can uh, listen to it on demand anytime it's uh, convenient for you um the facebook page on uh, is uh for the show is the is facebook.com slash the main event at hoffman which apparently uh might be on some watch list because apparently uh we we posted on the Facebook page that I was live tweeting the debate and somebody made a comment and they took it down. Um, might've been, might've been on the Facebook, might've been on the watch list or maybe just uh, somebody used a, a word that Facebook doesn't like, um, which is quite common when we're quite, uh, quite a common when we're talking about politics in America, because uh, there's a lot of inappropriate words that, are the perfect way to describe what's going on. So let's talk about the debate Tuesday night, the first presidential debate in Cleveland, and the reviews are in. Was the most chaotic presidential debate I've ever seen. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a complete disaster. That was the worst presidential debate I have ever seen uh, in my life. That was Well, you know, that last one was Dan, Dana Bash saying that, that was a uh, excrement show. Um, so uh, um, I can't disagree. It was it was hard to listen to. It was hard to listen to. A lot of good, lot of good points. A lot of good points in there. A lot of interesting stuff. But Chris Wallace failed as a moderator. He fit, you know, they, he spent he spent, what, five or ten minutes preparing the audience to be quiet. Why didn't they spend a why didn't they spend a few minutes talking to the uh talking to the candidates and say, Hey, you know, will you guys be respectful of each other and let each other talk? And uh and of course they made the rules and we wasted time having uh having uh Chris Wallace lecture the lecture on on the rules during the debate. And uh perhaps the other side would have been uh President Trump said he wasn't gonna do any any uh, debate prep. And I'm sure they did some, but he says, hey, I'm prepared every day. I'm dealing with this stuff every day. And I and I would agree he has the knowledge on just about everything that's going on. He's, you know, I, I'm, I don't know that anybody could have had knowledge of every question without having uh, brought up to speed some because of all the things that, the, that Trump's dealing with uh, over the past three and a, three and a half years. Um, but. Uh, they should have trained him on strategy. Like, hey, when you when you make the when you say the when you ask the closing question, shut up. That's kind of a sales training thing. After when you ask the closing question, the first one who after the closing question, the first one who speaks loses. So uh, and Trump backed Biden into corners a few times, and then he just kept talking and not let not let Biden hang himself. So I'm sure that will be different in the second debate, which will be uh, after he bounces back from COVID, the ugly stuff that's going on. And this is stuff that you probably, you, you may or not see, may or may not see in social media. There is part of the Obama, uh, part, part of the Obama administration. This person works in the office of digital strategy and national spokesperson for Hillary Rodham Clinton, or one of them, uh, her name's Zara Rahim. And uh, she uh, she tweeted she she tweeted out or posted on Facebook. I hope he dies this morning in relation to Trump getting coronavirus. You know what? While I don't think Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi really pray for the president, I don't know that 
and I don't really think they they wish him the best of the best for his family. I don't really think that's 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 uh, heartfelt and sincere. But they didn't come out and say, "I hope he dies so Biden can win the election." And I wonder what happens if, if something happened like that. Would Biden win the election, or would they vote in Pence? If they voted for Trump, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't thought about that. It just popped into my head. So we're going to hear several examples of Chris Wallace swooping in to save uh, Biden Tuesday night. But here's the ultimate one, giving Biden extra time because the president supposedly wasn't following the rules. He's Putin's puppy. He still refuses to even say anything to Putin about the bounty on the heads of American soldiers. Your son got and three no, no, no. million dollars. No, and Mr. by the way, Mr. President, my son. Mr. Wait a minute. Mr. President, your campaign agreed to... Both sides would get two-minute answers uninterrupted. Well, your, your side agreed to it, and why don't you observe what your campaign agreed to as a ground rule, okay, sir? He never keeps his word. Can you add no, back, no, 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 I'm not asking. That was a rhetorical question. Can you go add ahead, back sir. 30 seconds? Yeah, okay. Yes, you may have. All right. Go ahead. Is this, is this kindergarten? Is uh, Chris Wallace the kindergarten? You know, he's, he's breaking up a fight between two of his kids, but, you know, Biden, uh, Wallace could have said it a little bit more respectful. So uh, let's get to the topics. Well, I'll start off with the Supreme Court appointment of Amy Coney Barrett, which Biden used to insert scare tactics on the Affordable Care Act. The president's made it clear he wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. He's been running on that. He ran on that. And he's been governing on that. He's in the Supreme Court right now trying to get rid of uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, which uh, will strip 20 million people from having insurance, health insurance now, if it, if they, if it goes into court. A woman could be held, pay more money because she has a pre-existing condition of pregnancy. We were able to, they were able to charge a woman more for the same exact procedure a man did, gets. And that ended when we, in fact, passed the Affordable Care Act. And there's 100 million people who have pre-existing conditions, and they'll be taken away as well. Those pre-existing conditions, the insurance companies are going to love this. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's uh, be clear about this Affordable Care Act uh, BS. So remember, the Affordable Care Act got no votes from Republicans. It was a completely split, completely split uh, by party lines on the on the vote for that. And uh, remember, uh, as Obama signed it, uh, Biden whispered in his ear, this is a big effing deal. Except for he didn't say effing. Uh, open mic heard it. Um, and let's talk about the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act was about health insurance, did nothing for health care, because for anybody who's had to use health care since the Affordable Care Act, you'll find that um, the rules, the rules are off the hook, make it off the hook, more difficult to get in to see your doctor. It makes it more difficult for your doctor to actually give you give you a treatment. You know, the doctors are all worried about getting sued for this or sued for that. They can't make a they can't make a decision based on their medical knowledge and their education and based on the patient itself. Because as you've probably figured out that there's no two people in this in this world that are the same, Uh, even if you're identical twins, you got different health issues and and different people react differently to different drugs or different treatments. And the same treatment doesn't work for everybody. But the doctors don't have any have any uh, flexibility to do any of that stuff because the Affordable Care Act made health insurance available to people that didn't have it. But at the time, there was about 10 percent of the country that that didn't have health insurance, some because they didn't want it, some because they couldn't get it. And instead of saying, hey, we're going to create a a fund that insures that takes care of people that can't get health insurance and have critical needs, and then we can pay a little bit more taxes to create this fund to take care of those people and not, not necessarily because a lot of the people didn't even want insurance. So instead of doing that, they revamped the whole thing. And in my opinion, we should have had that fund. We should have had take away the, the state lines and the, and the, the rules for buying drugs because you can buy drugs in other countries way cheaper than we have it. And you can't sell health insurance across straight state lines. So, um, take away, take, put competition back into it because a free market always works and then do some tort reform that keep doctors from, or keep lawyers from creating lawsuits. Well, Hey, if, if you took uh such and such drug and you've had any kind of symptoms of this, 
call the law offices of such and such, and we'll get you some money for it. You know what? If 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 you took away the um, some of that, some of, if you re, if you did tort reform so that there wasn't so easy for lawyers, because if you've ever been part of a class action suit, you'll find out that nobody ever gets any money except for the lawyers. Um, they had a lot. They had a lawsuit against uh, against GM because they sold some SUVs back in 1996, and the owner's manual said you had a 30 gallon gas tank, and turned out you could only fit 26 gallons in them. And I had one of those vehicles, and I said, well, you know, I noticed that I can never seem, no matter how low it gets, I can never seem to fit 30 gallons in there. And uh, I'm, I know I'm on fumes. And they sent me a thing, and when it all finished up. They gave you a, uh, everybody got a, uh, a coupon that said if you bought a GM vehicle, it gave you uh, $1,500 off. But the next GM vehicle I bought, I leased. Now, oh, you can't use that because it's a lease. All right. Who cares? I didn't need it anyway. So, you know, one, some, something else against uh, eBay or something, we got to think, hey, you are going to get credit your account for 75 cents for some something that was gone. It's stupid. Completely stupid. So next you heard. Next, you heard uh, while they're talking about the Affordable Care Act, Chris Wallace gets involved in the in the actual debate. Mr. President, I'm the moderator of this debate, and I would like you to let me ask my question and then you can answer. Go ahead. You in the course of these four years have never come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, this is the stuff that Biden's supposed to be bringing up. And Chris Wallace is saving, is interrupting to save Biden. I think he interrupted uh, Trump like 67 times and he interrupted Biden about 14. So it was, it was clearly not, it was, he was clearly biased. And of course, then he starts uh, challenging him and uh, Chris Wallace sucked Tuesday night. And of course, Biden got around to blaming the president for COVID. The president has no plan. He hasn't laid out anything. He knew all the way back in February, how serious this crisis was. He knew it was a deadly disease. What did he do? If we would have listened to you, the country would have been left wide open. Millions of people would have died, not 200,000. And one person is too much. It's China's fault. It should have never happened. I closed it. And you said he's xenophobic. He's a racist and he's xenophobic because you didn't think I should have closed our country. Wait a minute. You didn't think we should have closed our country because you thought it was too, it was terrible. You wouldn't have closed it for another two months. We got the gowns. We got the masks. We made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. We're doing therapeutics already. Fewer people are dying when they get sick. Far fewer people are dying. We've done a great job. There was another part that I don't have a clip for that, uh, as they keep saying, well, you knew about it was airborne and you told the people to be calm and all that stuff. I think that's the president's job is to keep calm because regardless, regardless of it's airborne, you're going to get it. You're not going to get it. I think eventually we're all going to get it or maybe some of us have had it and we don't even know it. But Trump made a comment about, hey, we didn't know what we were dealing with at, at, at the beginning. And as we learned, we've adjusted. You know, Fauci, if you can remember Fauci, hey, you don't have to wear a mask. Oh, you have to wear a mask. Oh, the masks don't work. Or, yeah, the masks do work. And, you know, all the, all the changing, you got to listen to the scientists. The scientists don't even know what they're doing. They're not really sure because we didn't know, we didn't know what we didn't know at the beginning. And Trump, I think, has managed to try to keep it as calm as possible while the Democrats continue to, to make people scared of it and uh, fear controlling our, our country. And uh, we'll get into some more comments where they talk about this. One thing Chris uh, Wallace did right was hold Biden accountable for what, what he and Kamala Harris have been saying about, about not trusting scientists to create vaccine while Trump is president. Well, you say the public can trust the scientists, but they can't trust President Trump. In fact, you said that again tonight. Are you and your running mate, Senator Harris, contributing to that fear? No more than the question you just asked him. You pointed out he puts pressure. 
and disagrees with his own scientists. But you're saying Everybody you can't, or Senator and Harris is saying no, you can't trust the scientists. No, well, no, no, you can't trust the scientists. He didn't, she didn't say that. You can't she, trust She the, said the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will yes. be suppressed. Well, the, that's what he's going to try to do. But there's millions of scientists, there's thousands of scientists out there, like here at this great hospital, that don't work for him. Their job doesn't depend on him. We're for a vaccine, but we, I don't trust him at all, nor do you. I know you don't. What we trust is a scientist. You don't we trust, trust Dr. Johnson Fauci. Johnson, Pfizer. Yeah, uh, number one, does anyone think that Trump is making the vaccine himself? Do you really think that Trump's in the lab creating a vaccine? Do you think he's even in the lab watching? Do you think there's any there that, oh, you can't trust Trump, but you can trust the scientists. Well, who do you think's making the vaccine? I personally don't trust vaccines. I'm not going to take it because I don't trust the government. I don't trust the people and the scientists, the scientists, because you know what? If you got enough money, you control anything. And clearly, clearly there's somebody paying to keep this country in, in chaos. And I know that, uh, uh, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, they want to put trackers in a vaccine and, and pump them into your arm. And, uh, you know what? I just don't, I don't get flu shots and I don't get, uh, I mean, I, I've have, I have gotten one, one year I got a flu and a, and a pneumonia shot, but I didn't, but I don't do it regularly. I haven't done it, I've, but once. And uh, so I just don't believe in that stuff. And I'm sure as hell not going to let them stick a needle in me for COVID and give me a vaccine. Cause I'm just not, I just think it's BS. And uh, so, but does anyone not trust the scientists or he doesn't trust the scientists? There's thousands of scientists that say this, well, there's another Another 10,000 scientists that say, you guys are lying to everybody. That this thing, is that hydroxychloroquine works, and it was a great idea, except for no one's going to make any money on it because hydroxychloroquine, the patent's already run out. The, the military issue, uh, uh, issues about 42,000 doses of it a day to our, to our troops, and no one's going to make any money on that. And the doctors and scientists agree that stuff works. but since Trump came up with it and said it in front of the microphone before everybody else announced it. We can't have hydroxychloroquine. And, you know, what? This, hey, you know what? There's thousands of scientists. He won't listen to them. There's another thousand scientists that say, say he's right. This thing is all a hoax. Hey, so I got a lot more to talk about on this, uh, on the debate. But I want to cut here because I'm all out of time for the first, for the first half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of commercials, weather, sports, and traffic, and I'll be right back with you with all the rest. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? If I'm alive, then will you be there? I'm holding my hand, I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman, my kryptonite. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't ever, I don't want to say I never, I don't talk often about uh, real estate and financing, but... It's hot right now. If you don't think you're in the market, you might want to uh, call me and find out And uh, because rates are great. Um, surprisingly, here's a little tidbit I give you that seems like there's a, there's a ton of people shopping and competing for houses. But in the last week, it seems like some of the buyers are backing off saying, I think I'm going to wait till after the election and just see what happens because they're battling and thinking that maybe something's going to happen. 
this could be an opportunity for you if you're a buyer to not have so much competition for the next month. Um, but maybe you want to wait till after it either way. But if you want to, but if you're looking to refinance or get a reverse mortgage, don't wait. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding logo and we'll do things the computerized 2020 way. Hey, so we've been talking about the, uh, the debate on Tuesday night. Got a lot more to talk about. Biden backtracked on a lot of stuff. One of them was whether he supported the Green New Deal. All of a sudden, he's disting himself from the radical left party. Let's start that over again. Biden backtracked on a number of things. One of them was whether he supported the Green New Deal. All of a sudden, he's disting himself from the radical left of his party. No, I don't support the Green oh, New Deal. Oh, you don't? Oh, well, that's a big not, statement. I support that means the, you just asked the radical left. Joe, so you agreed with Bernie number, Sanders, I, I far did. left, on the manifesto, when we you, call it. Well, manifest- that gives you socialized medicine. Look, hey, are you I, saying I'm not going to listen to him. The fact of the matter is, I beat Bernie Sanders. Not by I'm, much. I, I beat him a whole hell of a lot. There is no manifesto, number Please one. Please let him speak, Mr. President. Number two. You just lost the left. Number two. I, I, you just lost the left. So, uh, you know what? A couple things he said. Number one, I don't support the Green New Deal. Uh, I support the Biden plan. Well, that's kind of exact opposite to what he's been saying uh, and uh, the exact opposite of of what his uh, his uh, running mate does, because she was part of the she was part of the writing of the Green New Deal. The other thing was, hey, I beat Bernie Sanders. Hey, let me correct everybody. Let me correct you, Mr. Former Vice President. You didn't beat Bernie Sanders. The Democratic Party set him up, stuck a knife right in his back because he was beating your butt. And as it became obvious that he was going to get the Democrat nomination, they said, hey, wait, we can't have Bernie Sanders because he's too he's too radical. And plus, he's a moron. So they are all these people that had more intelligence and more more coherence than you backed off and got out of the race and endorsed you and and it was so clear within one week like eight candidates got out and they all endorsed biden because they thought you were the most electable although you were the least amount of coherence and uh, consciousness so let's let's uh let's be clear of that you didn't beat bernie sanders and uh there's more where that came from not what you said, but and it's not what your party is, has said. That is simply your party a lie. doesn't say it. Your party wants simple. to go socialist medicine. My party is and me. socialist right health now. They're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the not Democratic Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of. What I approved of. Yeah, so he's the Democratic Party. I don't think so. Well, I think the Democratic Party is. Uh, the Democrat Party is kind of out there in space somewhere, and you know, uh, so, you know, what's funny is is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez spoke for one minute at the DNC, and during that time, she nominated Bernie Sanders. She didn't nominate, and she then she opened up a web, website called Settle for Biden. So I don't know. I don't really think you're the whole Democratic Democrat Party. I think that might have might have got under somebody's somebody's skin in the Democrat Party. Let's continue. So if Biden uh, if Biden is the head of the Democrat Party, why doesn't the rest of his party agree with him on the past five months of nonstop violence? Violence in response is never appropriate. Never appropriate. Peaceful protest is. Violence is never appropriate. All right, Ms. What is peaceful President, protest? When they run through the middle President, of the town Trump, and burn down President your stores Trump, and kill people President all over Trump, the place? That and you is say not peaceful, peaceful protest. No, it's I'm not, not asking. But you say it is. President Trump, I'd like to continue with yes, the issue of race. Please. I promise we're going to get to the issue of law and order please. in a moment. You can't even say the word law enforcement because if you say those words, you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. The people of this country want and demand law and order, and you're afraid to even say it yeah biden wouldn't say a lot of things he wouldn't say law and order he wouldn't say law enforcement he said some of the law enforcement agencies uh uh, endorsed him he wouldn't say which ones um he wouldn't answer uh the questions about packing the court or defund the police Uh, although trump posed those questions to him unfortunately trump didn't give him a chance to answer so let's talk about uh biden said here's here's another one Here's another one that that caught my attention. Biden says Antifa isn't even real. It's just an idea. 
This is a left-wing white supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what his FBI, his FBI director said. Well, then you know what? No, no, we're done. We're done, sir. Yeah, we're done, sir. Saved, saved by the bell. Saved by Chris Wallace. It's Antifa is an idea. You know what? I think that's going to be news to some of the people that their their stores burned down or got shot with bullets. We all know Antifa is the root of the violence and Biden refuses to denounce it. But for some reason, Trump is asked to denounce the groups he doesn't even really know the names of very well. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups? I'm willing to do anything. I want to see peace. Then do it, sir. Say it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and right proud proud boys. Boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right His wing own. problem. Yeah, I don't really think uh, Trump really knew what the Proud Boys were uh, until Biden said it. Hey, stand down and stand back or stand, stand back and stand by. They want him to say stand down. You know. If you're going to nitpick that kind of stuff, Trump has denounced violence. He's denounced white supremacy back in uh, in his first year in office when the thing was going on in North Carolina or South Carolina, I think it was, when you had uh, the KKK against Antifa or whatever it was, and somebody got run down and killed by someone, some moron in that, re- that just drove his car into a into a bunch of people. You know, the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys kind of remind me of uh, what the Kyle Rittenhouse thing that went on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Here's, you know, with the, the, the government tells the police to stand down, you know, stand back and let the protesters have their peaceful protest. But as we talked about last week, when a protest starts with a, a U-Haul full of signs and a pallet of bricks, how is that a peaceful protest? And who's funding this stuff? And we heard that, you know, Newt Gingrich last week suggested that George Soros is, is, is uh, funding it. And all the girls on outnumbered, oh, I don't think we need to go there. I don't think we need to bring up uh, George Soros. There's there's something going on in this in the media that's trying to squelch the the truth from getting to us, even at Fox. This is why Fox will soon be soon probably be not at the top of the list, and you'll see uh, One American News and Newsmax as the as the top co uh, top uh, conservative uh, television stations. So the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, as I as I understand them, um, are a uh, a patriot group, and I think uh, the uh, the leader of them calls them a a drinking club with a patriot problem, as opposed to a patriot patriotic club with a drinking problem. Um, they're a drinking club with a patriot problem. And if you remember Kyle Kyle Rittenhouse, who the only guy that got that got arrested in uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and when after they put all the cell phone videos together, he was clearly defending himself, but he remains in jail. And, you know, this isn't the first time there's a, there was a guy in, in uh, New York who was defending his, his uh, pub. And along the lines, when one of the Antifa guys starts, uh, starts, uh, had him in a headlock and was trying and was trying to choke him out. He pulled his gun and killed the guy and they called it self-defense. And then, the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter people complained until they charged him with charged him with murder, put him in jail. And then when he tried to do a, uh, a GoFundMe page to pay his legal bills, they took it down off the web, took it down off GoFundMe. And the guy put a gun to his head and killed himself. Something is wrong here, folks. Antifa is real. And the Proud Boys are just one of many uh, uh, militia groups out there that are saying, hey, if the government is going to keep the cops from defending defending the uh, what's right, someone's going to jump up, and this is how civil war starts. You think about um, the Oath Keepers and other Second Amendment groups; they're ready. I have a friend who's part of Oath Keepers. They were on the they were ready and to to fight against Antifa in uh, Victorville and Hesperia and Big Bear Lake when uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa were going there. They stood up because the cops were told to stand down. So when we talk about Proud Boys, um, if you watch uh, Bevlin Beatty, who's been on my show twice, if you follow her, she had a, uh, she talked about 
Proud Boys just a couple of days ago. And she said when her and her friend went into uh, the chop zone or Chaz, whichever it was called at the time they went in there and they went to, they went to preach the word of Jesus and they went to, to talk some sense into people and the cops wouldn't protect them. The proud boys showed up, the proud boys showed up and she said it was a mixture of all kinds of different races of white and black and Asian and Hispanic. And they stood up for what was right because the cops aren't, weren't able to, they knew it was right. And they were told to stand down and they work for the government. You know what? This is how the world works, folks. When people won't, when people stand down, someone's going to stand up for their rights. So let's let's get off of the Proud Boys. Um, back to back to the debate. Biden was allowed to get away with his favorite tactic, the sympathy plea for his kids. He should have had it trademarked. Here's the first one. In China, ate your lunch, Joe, and no wonder your son goes in and he takes out. He takes out billions of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve $183,000? None of that is true. Not an answer. None of that is true. Oh, really? He totally didn't give three and a half Mr. President, totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. Totally. And by the way. Well, wait, he didn't our, get three no, and a no. half million dollars, Joe? Mr. Vice He got three Mr. and a half President, million dollars. It is not true. Oh, really? Mr. No. President, but, Mr. You, it's, a, it's an open discussion, please. No, you, you, it's a fact. I, well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Bruce was a report. $183,000 a month with, with no you, experience you, in energy? Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Burisma. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His, his position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And the great. media. Yeah, been discredited. It's not true. It's discredited. So the media, who's in the tank for the Democrats, discredited it. And it's totally untrue because it must be totally untrue because Biden said it was untrue. Uh, you know, and, and you could hear throughout that a million times where Trump said something and he should just shut up. And let Biden hang himself. And that was just a lack of debate strategy. Trump had a lot of good points, but he just wouldn't he wouldn't let Biden hang himself. I'm sure the first one was practice. Here's the here's the second one where Biden seems to intent, be intentionally mixing up his two sons. Now, why would you do that? Uh, maybe to make it sound like Trump is disgracing the, his dead son, Bo, when we all knew he was talking about Hunter. And speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being and, 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 and just being suckers. My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot. And the people left behind okay. there were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about Hunter? Hell. Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about know. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. It wasn't cocaine use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, true. he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune. Gentlemen, my son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens of millions of dollars? But he wasn't given tens of millions of dollars. That is totally discredited. Yeah, my son had a drug problem, and he, uh, he over, he's totally overtaken it. Didn't he just knock up some uh, stripper? He's hanging out with strippers and uh, having one-night stands and knocking them up and then trying not to pay child support. And uh, do you think a guy who's got a cocaine issue uh, and but goes to see strippers and has has a one night stands with strippers, do you think they're not still doing it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking at the world through uh, through my through clear with through clear vision. And I just don't. If it what looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and waddles like a duck is usually a duck. So anyway, and uh, and you know, is there any you know Hunter Biden got all these jobs because uh, of his last name being Biden? Do you think? Uh, and he admitted that. Do you think maybe Bo Biden 
might have got a bronze star and all these medals. Uh, one year in Iraq, I know I know veterans spent a whole bunch of tours in Iraq. And, uh, you know, he served one year, one tour, and uh, he got all these medals. Could something have to do with the fact that his name said Biden and Biden was the vice president at the time? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking up conspiracy theories, but I don't think so. Remember, we've got two more debates coming up before Election Day, which hardly matters when you have people already mailing in ballots and the reports of of Republican ballots getting stolen, uh, stolen and trashed. And they keep rolling in. The president sums it all all up here. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. The other thing, it's nice on November 3rd, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're going to do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. This is a horrible thing for our country. There is no, this is not, there is no this is not going to end well. Yeah, there is no evidence of that. No evidence. The evidence comes in every day. Is anybody paying attention? Well, Democrats aren't because they don't talk about it on CNN and PMS, NBC, or in, uh, it seems to me on social media, there's people out there that don't have a profile that are posting stuff, posting stuff. And, you know, are they trying to meddle in the election? I wonder if it's from a different country. I don't know, because they all look like dogs to me based on their pictures. They all have dog faces for their profile picture. They don't have any history, but they're posting stuff to just get people angry and start fights. And a few times I got suckered into it. I go, wait a minute, who am I arguing with? I'm arguing with, with a dog and there's no profile there. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. And it's probably just somebody at the Democrat Party that's being paid to, uh, uh, what, what did we call that lady that, uh, said, I hope he dies. Was it, uh, uh, internet strategy or social media strategy? Uh, maybe it's just one of those, those people. So we don't even know, but the mail-in ballots is a, is a complete fraud thing. So we started to talk about the debate with a recap of some media reaction. So let's end it the same way over on CNN. The host made a big show of the text they were getting from all their all their friends and the kids we were frightened who were frightened by a big bad president here's van jones and jake tapper i have a friend uh whose son was watching this on the west coast turns to his mom to the mother and asks should we buy a gun to protect ourselves uh a friend of mine uh in kansas city uh watching her first debate with her sixth grade daughter daughter bursts into tears has to run to bed because she was so appalled, mm-hmm. uh, the sixth grade girl, at what she saw from the president of the United States. This, they, they are growing up in a country where they can't go to school because somebody has mishandled this virus so badly. And then that person comes on television and says something so terrifying to them that they ask their mom, should we buy a gun? That's where we are. Yeah, I have to call BS on this. You know, what kind of, what kind of kids, six-year-olds or 12-year-olds, ask their parents, should we buy a gun? You know what? That just tells me how, what crappy parents they are because they should never be, they should be doing what the president doing. Keep calm, keep kids from being scared by this stuff. Keep some common sense in the house. And that tells me, Hey, uh, your, your kids are a reflection of what kind of parent you are. So if your kids are, are screw ups, you're a screw up as a parent. So that's what that's what happens there. I heard somebody somebody talk on on uh, on Fox, the Democrat side, talking about how how uh, Trump didn't didn't bring back all these manufacturing jobs. I know someone in Oklahoma who asked who the Oklahoma GM plant closed down. So he has to drive. He has to work in Kentucky, which is Bowling Green, where the Corvettes get built. He has to drive eight hours just to see his wife, his wife and kids. So I have to uh, just clarify some of these things. Say, hey. Uh, the Oklahoma plant closed in 2006. That wasn't Trump's fault. Number two, if you're stupid enough to have your job transfer eight hours away and you and you and you don't move, because the house prices in Kentucky are just like the house prices in Oklahoma. Why wouldn't you just move? Move your family there. Uh, you know what? How many people, when jobs move out of the state, they move out of the state. Hey, you got to transfer, or else you're going to get laid off. Well, I don't have a job here, so I guess I'll move. And, you know, you find out places outside of California, maybe the weather's not so nice, not quite as nice, but it's sure a lot more American, as I found out my road trip. So anyway, let's talk about uh, the Comey hearing, which I think was was pretty exciting. 
this week. Um, former FBI director testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. Well, not quite in front of him. He testified from his house, which amazes me because all the senators were sitting next to each other. And, you know, when they have a Senate hearing, the witness sits, you know, 15, 20, 25 feet away in front of a microphone. Why did he have to be socially distanced and do it at home? Because he's a chicken excrement. If you find it's really difficult for me to be passionate, use my favorite passionate words on these because, uh, you know, got to be uh, be right on the radio. So he sat he sat in his home and testified where he was safe from being shackled. Um, so he was on there on Wednesday answering questions about the Republican led review of his handling of the Russia investigation. And now, after the country has endured three years of endless investigations, not to mention an impeachment, Comey says he now sees problems with the origins of the Russia probe. Comey claims that if he knew that every if he knew everything he knows today, he would have been more skeptical of things like the phony steel dossier, which you will recall is what the FBI used to get the whole thing started. The collection of omissions, failures to consider updates, to communicate between the team trying to figure out what's true and what's not true with the steel material and the team investigating Carter Page is embarrassing. It's sloppy. It's I, I'm run out of words. There's no indication, and the Inspector General would say it if he found it, that people were doing bad things on purpose, but that doesn't make it any less concerning and embarrassing. And here's Ted Cruz's reaction to Comey's statements. This investigation of the president was corrupt. The FBI and the Department of Justice were politicized and weaponized. And in my opinion, there are only two possibilities. That you were deliberately corrupt or woefully incompetent. And I don't believe you were incompetent. I have to agree with Ted Cruz on that completely. So let's go on. As you may have heard, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe declassified the summary of Russian intelligence assessment on Tuesday, and that has existed since 2016. The main points of the summary are, in late July 2016, the U.S. intelligence obtained Russian intelligence that alleged Hillary Clinton approved a campaign campaign plan to stir up a scandal against Donald Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russians' hacking of the DNC. The letter states that it was proposed by one of Hillary's advisors, and she approved it on July 26th. So this is all four months before the election. According to his handwritten notes, former CIA Director Brennan subsequently briefed Obama and the other national security officials on intelligence. So they heard it from the Russians and the, uh, to the American uh, intelligence. They went in and told President Obama. On September 7th, two months before, two months before the election, uh, U.S. intelligence officials forwarded an investigative referral to James Comey and Peter Strzok regarding the approval of the plan. So two months before that, they told Comey, they told Peter Strzok, you know, he needed, we need to have an insurance policy. They told him that they had a plan to tie him into this to get uh, uh, Hillary elected. And they probably thought Hillary was going to be elected so they could do whatever they wanted because no one was ever going to look at it. Ratcliffe addressed his letter to Lindsey Graham, who was not afraid to hold Comey accountable. You've got a letter now from Ratcliffe saying that there was a, they intercepted information about an effort in July where Hillary Clinton approved a camp, uh, an effort to link Trump to Russia, the mob. Did you have an investigation to look and see if whether that was true? I can't answer that. I've read Mr. Ratcliffe's letter, which frankly I have trouble understanding. In the main, it was done by the book. It was appropriate and it was essential that it be done. Okay. So you're proud of it? Overall, I'm proud of the work. There are parts of it that are concerning, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But overall, I'm proud of the work. I'm beginning to understand there was a two-tiered system here. When it came to Trump, there were no rules. Plow ahead, ignore everything, lie if you need to, alter documents. When it came to Clinton, seems to be a completely different standard. That we end this whole drama with saying, these things just happen. Nobody at the top really needs to be held accountable other than, well, yes, my fault intellectually. Somebody needs to be fired or go to jail. Yeah, if you, re- if you think about this, uh, when it came to when you look at what they impeached the president on in the in the House on a on a on an alleged pressure he put on the Ukraine president uh, because and when the transcript didn't show it 
and the Ukraine president didn't say he was pressured in anything, but they got all the way to voting for his impeachment on that. But the Clinton campaign thought up this whole this whole farce. It was it was knowledge to the to the FBI and the intelligence community and the president, but they did nothing. She destroyed their hard drives. They deleted emails. They did, they smashed their their phones with with hammers, and nothing was done to them. Then, when they're doing the investigation, now all the people that were involved in the FBI investigation that they're doing are that just so they don't see any more tweets or emails that could have been on their phones, they smashed their phones. But that's okay. But Trump allegedly pressured the Ukrainian president into taking a look in to see if Biden was dirty. So anyway, we'll talk about this more, but I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Folks, think about this. Watch watch with your eyes, listen with your ears, and keep your brain turned on because all this stuff adds up. And the other side, I'll guarantee you the Democrats aren't paying attention to this stuff. I'll guarantee you they're not talking about it on CNN or PMS, NBC, and there's a whole bunch of people on the, on the social media that are distracting everybody from hearing about these facts. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of The Main Event. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM 590, the answer.